and welcome to Studies in Shadow. I am your host, Jack Rogers, and I am joined by my amazing co-host, Noah Bazoo. Say hi, Noah. How's it going, everybody? I'm so glad to be here with my bud, Jack. Same here. All right, so this is fun. We had a great little setup session before this. Yeah, it took us a while to figure out how the website's <laughs> We're We're hosted on SoundCloud, and we were sitting here, I'm like, wait, how do you work in RSS feed? Because we want to go on Spotify and iTunes, which we have done now. We have submitted for review. Um, so we didn't know what an RSS feed was or anything like that. This is our first time doing a podcast, um, but it's all done. And so it took about an hour to set up, Oh my gosh. but we're finally here. Yeah. And I'm super pumped. We're not computer majors. That's okay. No. <laughs> we figured it out with the power of Google and YouTube. So thank you to all those videos who taught us the right way to do it. Pretty much, yeah. So basically, Studies in Shadow is a place where you can come to listen to true scary stories from real people, our friends or people who submit their stories. And we'll tell some of our stories, but we also want to focus on a little bit more than the story aspect. We actually want some weeks to pick a certain culture in the world with their own set of supernatural beliefs and study it and then talk to you about it and talk to each other about it, tell each other what we've learned. Hopefully, the goal is to, you know, teach you something and help us learn something ourselves and get spooked in the process. Yeah, and as this kind of takes off, the hope is that whether it be people calling in and sharing their own stories or people giving us ideas to talk about, whether it's somebody sharing an, like an, a story saying, hey, you know, I went to this place at this time in this country, you know, in like the East, and they had this kind of mythology there. Tell us those things. We'll look into it, and we'll tell you about it the next time you hear from us. So that way, not only are we learning, but we get to give you the gist of it too. Entertaining and educational for everyone. Awesome. Absolutely. And so we'll give you the information for you to submit where you can submit your material to, whether that be your own stories or a request to talk to us on the phone with a recording, or just a request for, like Noah said, a certain topic. So today's episode, we're pretty much going to be introducing ourselves, talking about why we love the supernatural and what about it most interests us. So Noah, do you want to start us off? I would love to. So the thing about the supernatural is like I never really believed in it growing up. It was something that, you know, my household, like we watched ghost movies and we watched scary stuff and, you know, read scary stories when we were little. But it was always just kind of, you know, more of entertainment and more of a way for our parents to get a kick out of their little kids laughing. But as I got older, obviously, the more intelligent I got, the more I could think for myself. And I realized, like, you know, the supernatural, it's, it's, it's unexplained. Like, we, we just don't know what it is. And there's so much that goes into it. And there's so many stories and events that just don't make sense. And they all happen, though. And various people from different time periods and different places all talk about similar events or the same event. And I want to know why they happen. I want to know what makes them happen. And whoever or whatever makes them happen, why do they do it? And I just think it's shocking and fascinating to me. Because, I mean, you go back to the first time that man could write. We've got stories from the BC times of, like, ghosts and supernatural things demons spirits all kinds of whatever you want to call them ghouls anything like that and those stories just didn't pop up in like the 1900s and they've been around forever so for me it's that mindset of wow this clearly isn't something we just invented with hollywood 
or with anything else. This is something that's been around forever. So I want to dig deep into that and find out, you know, what makes things go bump in the night? What has these sto- What have these stories, you know, what can we learn from them? Who's heard them? What can we learn from history? And just see how it translates over thousands of years. Because honestly, it's an ancient thing, but it's still as apparent as it ever was here. But that's, that's for me, just the kind of the history of it. Awesome. Yeah, I feel like there's way too many things that have happened to way too many people for us to discredit. Oh, yeah. I mean, there are some claims that you can discredit. Like, oh, you know, I not that I don't believe in Mothman. Like, oh, I saw Mothman. He broke into my house and took my TV. You know, we can discredit <laughs> some claims just because of how outlandish they sound. But there are a lot of claims that seem really grounded. A lot of them come from skeptics, actually, which are my favorite stories. Scary stories from skeptics, like, look, I know what I saw. And so... The people who don't believe it at first. Exactly. Yeah. And then they believe it after that. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to get under those people's skin. But I, I love that. So my favorite aspect of the supernatural and why it appeals to me is because, you know, I'm a, Noah and I are both pretty religious dudes. But we are not taught any of this in church. And that's why I think it fascinates me so much is because nobody either like knows about it and if they know about it, they don't really want to talk about it. But I am just really, I'm a very curious person. You know, if you tell me, oh, don't, don't go touch that light switch. And I go, why? And you tell me, uh, just don't touch it. That just because that would drive me insane. You're going to touch it. Oh, I'm going to touch You're it. Cause I want, I want to find out what happens. Even if it's bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not that I do anything that would put me spiritually in danger. Like, I wouldn't want to do that. But I just want to study it. You know, Noah can tell you I have a bunch of books in my closet. An extensive library. <laughs> Physical books and on his Kindle. I just bought a Kindle about yes. two weeks ago. And so, yeah, I, um, all about the supernatural. You know, I've got the Encyclopedia of Spirits, which I got from Barnes & Noble. Uh, currently I'm reading The Demonologist, which is about Ed and Lorraine Warren. If you're familiar with the Conjuring films, they're based on Ed and Lorraine Warren. So it's pretty much their first-hand accounts. And I'm also reading Evil Archaeology, which is a book, it's pretty much a history book about every culture from ancient to modern, their view on evil, demons, that sort of thing, the role they played in their culture and society. It's really interesting. So I'm sure we'll, I'll be talking about something I've learned in that. But the most interesting thing for me about the supernatural, the thing that I love studying most, is hauntings. I love hauntings. Because hauntings happen for a reason, right? Everything always happens for a reason. They're not random. Whether that's negative energy in the house, uh, a murder taking place, that's, I guess, considered negative energy, I guess you could say. Oh, yeah, a dead person? Or, you know, you got, like, things like Amityville Horror, you know, built on... No, that's it's Poltergeist. Built on ancient... Yeah. Ancient Indian burial grounds. Yeah. Yeah. So there could be any number of reasons, and I love exploring and studying all those reasons and, you know, what makes a haunting tick. Because every haunting is different. And so I love looking into cases. And I've always wanted to go stay somewhere haunted. You know, somewhere like the Stanley Hotel... Ooh. Which is where The Conjuring is based off... Not The Conjuring. The Shining is based off there of. There you go, yeah. Because uh, Stephen King went and stayed there, and he apparently had such a scary night that he uh, wrote, a, wrote book a book about it. <laughs> <laughs> that made a very terrifying movie. I wonder what his uh, 
nights are like. I wonder if he sleeps with a nightlight or not, just because if I had those thoughts or if I even came up with one of his books, I'd never sleep again. Yeah, you know, with, with scary authors like, you know, Stephen King, Edgar Allan Poe, oh, who's the other one? H.P. Lovecraft. Oh, of course. I'm, I also have an H.P. Lovecraft book in my, in my closet. Um, it's not just a book. It's like a Bible. It's huge. Oh, it's, it's yeah. It's the, it's the collector's edition of the Cthulhu Mythos Tales. And I always describe his stories as if he had the most vivid nightmare with just the most horrendous imagery. And then he woke up and wrote it down. Either that or he travels through dimensions because his imagery is so vivid and so terrifying that it takes a very specific type of person to write that kind of stuff. And it's like consistent too. Like you look at all the different things he's written down. There's never like that awkward repetitiveness that some authors who write fiction have where it's mm-hmm. like this different dimension is like this different one. No. Or like dime store love novels. Exactly. The same yeah. story this, arc. Yeah. The same thing over and over again. And that's kind of what, along with what you were saying, like he either dreamed it perfectly or he went there. They're just so unique. And like, it's just crazy because if you read the words on the page, like it's almost like you're having a movie in your head and you can see what he saw. And those kinds of things, like maybe once in a while you get someone like J.K. Rowling who's going to come up with something like that, but not consistently over and over again, like H.P. Lovecraft did, which like you were saying, begs the question, like what's up there? Like how you, how do you come up with these things? Is it all what your imagination? You seen yeah, exactly. What were you on? Or something <laughs> yeah, what like were that? you on? Yeah, yeah exactly. Keep that out of the stores. <laughs> are you eating paint like Van Gogh? Oh my gosh. Well, I guess in his, would he be eating ink? I don't know. Or, yeah, because, I don't know. Because he was, like, late, either late 1800s or early 1900s when he was writing. Um, yeah. Which also means he was a, a very uh, radical racist. Oh, yeah. Which I've seen. <laughs> um, if you want proof, just look up the name of his cat. Um, I'm not going to oh, say it. Yeah, I'm not going to say, say that it here. On <laughs> Demonetized. Um, yeah, no, exactly. But he is considered the father of modern horror. But even back then, I mean, there were ghost stories yeah. spanning back to ancient cultures. As long as gods, and as long as gods have been in mythology, so have demons. Yeah. Right. I mean, from the start, you have. I mean, you can look at Vikings. They had, you know, Thor and Odin, mm-hmm. gods, and I guess Loki was a god as well. Mm-hmm. But they also had like frost giants mm-hmm. and all these other just crazy pagan spirits. Mm-hmm. Um, and those all, I mean, you, I feel like you can't just imagine that stuff. It has to come from somewhere. No, and that's like the thing that I was saying earlier is like, even though, I mean, you think about like religions in the world. I mean, there's so many different religions in the world, but we kind of all come back to the same place almost. And I'm not talking mm-hmm. like the lineage direction of it. I'm talking like we all kind of say to ourselves, there's something bigger than us. Yeah, there's there is a light yeah. and there is... A dark. There is light and there's a dark. Yeah. And whether you're, you know, whether you're Christian, whether you're Islamic, whether you're, you know, a Jewish, everyone kind of has their own thing. Mm-hmm. But it all goes back to that central idea that there is something bigger than us and that's who we worship. But like you were just saying, with every good thing, there will always be a bad thing. There was always that counterbalance. For Christians, it's, you know, God and Jesus, opposition to the devil and stuff like that. For other religions, they have their own ways of, like, phrasing it. But there's always something. And that's kind of like what you were saying it just it doesn't just come from nowhere and we can talk all day long about how educated we are nowadays and how much more we know and mm-hmm. how we can yeah dive into <laughs> things and we can go back and examine things but that comes back to it is that 
because of the things that happen now are the same things that happened then and we still don't understand it just like drives the question it's like what's going on why does this happen and it's not nothing Mm -hmm. like these things can't happen year after year century after century millennia after millennia and keep happening and not be coincidence exactly it's not possible if any of you listening are you know agnostic or atheists we're not bashing on you at all nope if if you want you can discredit pretty much everything we're saying and just listen to us as almost a way to laugh just like a parody show yep you have (laughs) your right to believe in whatever you want we're not gonna tell you like no if you don't believe this you're an idiot we would never say that we don't believe that either this isn't that kind of podcast (laughs) no not at all uh we just like to talk and discuss the supernatural and the paranormal so i think today what we're gonna do this is gonna be a pretty short episode because we just want to introduce ourselves but we're each gonna share a scary story that we have had occur in our lifetime yeah i'm getting chills oh yeah who do you (laughs) want to who do you want to go first now oh you can go first first. (laughs) you go first so speaking of cultural differences with spirits and whatnot I, from ages two to eight years old, lived in Hawaii. And if any of you know anything about Hawaii, you've probably heard that they're very spiritualistic down there. You know, oh, yeah. you got you got stories like the Night Marchers. I think one week we should just talk about Hawaiian mythos. If we couldn't even get through an episode, we'd have to go like three weeks in a row. <laughs> exactly. There's so much stuff. Oh, yeah. there's a ton of stuff. That's a fantastic idea, though. Yeah. And Night Marchers are terrifying on their own. Anyway. Yeah. I, as a child, was very imaginative and scared of everything. I blame... Okay, because I think Seed of Chucky came out when I was around that age, like seven. I saw that poster, and I don't know what it was, but it triggered like the first real fear in me that I had ever felt, just looking at Chucky's face. And now I love Child's Play. Um, (laughs) But it it terrified me. And so I was afraid that Chucky was going to come in my room and kill me. And then also, I blame the uh, police officer who came to our church on Halloween to talk about safety, but just talked about children getting kidnapped while trick-or-treating, or getting kidnapped, raped and murdered, not necessarily in that order, on Halloween night. Ugh. Just out of their beds. Yeah. <laughs> and so after that, <laughs> I think my mom was in the room at night. She looked at me and was like, oh no. <laughs> and I, I look at her, son. I look at her, and I'm just thinking... I am never going to sleep in my own room again because my father is, um, he's worked for the government growing up. So we're very safe in our house. We have, we have guns back, back. Second amendment, right. Second, second amendment stuff, you know, uh, lots of guns. And so I felt safe with my parents, which pretty much translated to me sleeping in their room nonstop. To the point where they got me something called a bravery bed, which is ironic because it wasn't a bravery bed. It was a coward bed <laughs> to when I was feeling scared. They had a mattress next to their bed on the floor. <laughs> and if I got scared, I had to go sleep on the bravery bed. The bravery bed would have been my own bed if I didn't leave it. Even the dog got better treatment than that bed. <laughs> I didn't, we didn't have a dog. Oh, what? We had a cat that my parents gave away, but that's another story. Um, <laughs> so I'm. this is that time when I'm sleeping in my parents' bed. I didn't have the bravery bed yet. I was about seven years old. And I wake up in the middle of the night, which happened a lot at that age. Because I had a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 
things felt off. Oof. I wasn't sure how they felt off, but they did. And I remember just kind of sitting up. But other than that, I couldn't do much. Like, I couldn't move or speak or anything. Mm. Like, I was scared to or something was making me not do that. Yeah, yeah. But it wasn't like sleep paralysis where I was stuck, you know, laying down with my eyes open. People make those, you know, jokes and memes about my sleep paralysis demon. It wasn't your <laughs> typical sleep paralysis because I sat up and then I couldn't move. And the way that my parents' bed was facing, if I stared down the foot of the bed, it went straight to the door to go out into the hallway. Mm. The hallway was... Um, was lit because, you know, I was terrified of the dark. And in that hallway, kind of toward the side, one of the doors led to my bedroom where my baby brother, which if I was seven, that means he was two, was sleeping in. And I felt this anticipation slash dread kind of start to build up. You know that feeling you get when you feel like you're about to have a chill and just builds and you know it's coming and you're like three, two, one. <laughs> well, imagine that, but the chill never comes. And that just feeling of physical anticipation, it it was really scary. And I can still imagine that feeling to this day. I'm making my stomach nauseous just thinking about Whenever that. I get that chill. Yeah, it wasn't fun. Yeah. And my eyes were glued down that hall. And suddenly, I see something of it's pure black like void black you know vanta black if any of you know what that is it's a special material scientists make that make things darker than dark pretty much and it's silhouetted hunched over i can see it has its its arms kind of out in front and it's got long fingers i can see its spine run kind of poking through its back you know when somebody's really emaciated and they bend over and you can see their spine because they're so skinny i saw that and it's kind of bent over hunched over like it can't stand up straight and its legs are you know it's pretty much crouching yeah and it's kind of doing this shuffle hop okay. down the hallway yeah, this is uncomfortable for me now oh yeah no yeah, it was terrifying yeah. and it didn't you know like come out of my room turn down the hallway and then walk away it just walked out of the room and then straight into the wall and then as soon as it was gone i fell back to sleep um, now okay imagine you're me the next morning what do you think uh i'm never living here again no 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 no. something like that happens to you weird in the middle of the night and you wake up what's the first thought that you have oh a dream oh yeah i was like oh seven-year-old me i was like ah i've had nightmares before that kind of felt like a nightmare oh well uh fast forward to like noon it's it's a beautiful sunny day in Hawaii. I'm walking down that same hallway that goes to the living room, kitchen, and then beyond those is the garage door. And then the pantry is right next to the garage, if that kind of gives you a mental image. And I'm walking down there, and all of a sudden I feel my body just kind of stop, and that dread start to build up again. And my eyes are glued forward again, and I'm, I can't speak, and I'm like, uh, am I dreaming again? No? Okay. What's happening? I kid you not. Six feet from me. Pretty much from me to you right now, no. Noah. We're sitting across the table. I see it again. Nope. Pure black. Nope. Black is the void. Leaving. <laughs> you stay put. Okay. And... It just kind of does the same shuffle hop. It doesn't look at me or anything. I can't follow it with my eyes either. My eyes are glued straight forward on the garage door. And it shuffles. 
out of the pantry and it, it like disappears into the kitchenette sink. Like it just kind of disappears into the wall. And as soon as it's out of my peripheral vision, I can move again. And I, at that point I'm paralyzed, but it's not like I can't move. It's like, I don't want to move. And right then is when my mom came in in front of me from the garage and she looks at me, she's like, what's wrong? Breakdown. I was terrified. So terrified that ever since then, long hallways make me kind of nauseous. And I couldn't be alone in the house for years. If I had to go somewhere or I had to run upstairs and there was nobody upstairs, I had to run up, grab it, and run down. Because we moved to Washington State when I was eight. And I was terrified I was going to see it again. Enough so that I had to go to a child psychiatrist who made me draw it. And I can still draw what I drew at eight years old to this day. It freaks people out. And then she had me turn it into something that I wasn't afraid of, which is clowns. I've never been afraid of clowns. You know, even when I watched it. That makes one of us. Okay. <laughs> yeah. When I watched it, I wasn't scared that Pennywise was a clown. Because even as a kid, I would go up to clowns and be like, hi. My parents would be like, get away from him. He's dirty and gross. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So... I drew it into a clown, pretty much gave it a red nose, top hat, big clown shoes, which were appropriate for its clown feet, put like shorts <laughs> and a shirt and a, like a flower on its chest, and I named it Horridge off of the word horror, because I was still terrified of it, but I was like, ah, I should turn it around. So, yeah, that is my, uh, that is my scary story for the day. The first one of many. The first of many. Dang. That's intense. I guess it's my go now. I guess so. Oh, no. Well, like, I, this was a hard decision because we both knew that we were going to share at least one scary story in this podcast just to kind of get the ball rolling. And I both, I know for, I speak for both of us when I say that we have a plethora of scary stories each Mostly that we you. can use. I can no. think of like five. It, regardless, like, there's more than that. But. I was having a hard time trying to think of one to use today because there were quite a few that I did want to use, but I was like, mm, should I use that in the first episode or should I make them wait? Uh, and so I've decided I'm going to make you wait. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I'll just give a little like tidbit, I guess. Uh, I spent some time in Montana on a service mission and uh, for anybody who knows Montana geography, there are several Indian reservations. Um, it's a beautiful culture, beautiful people. I love the history and all that goes into it. But for those who know how Indian reservations go, whether it be in like the southern states or in the northern or wherever you may find them, they're pretty wild and not in the good way. And I don't mean the people, I mean the things that happen there. I don't know what it is about the Native Americans. I'm sure that'll be something we talk about on this podcast eventually, but something about their ground is like sacred or it's just has a connection to the other side. Yeah, the veil between yeah, exactly. this world and the next is very thin. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but people all over the country uh, have experiences like that, no matter where they are. If they're on like an Indian reservation, there are just things that happen. They're very spiritual people. Anyway, several things went bump in the night, and not just things that you couldn't see, but things that I could see and that I could hear. And things that to this day still make me uncomfortable when I have to go to certain places, uh, specifically in deer reservations. Anyway, but the story that I'm going to tell is about the Lemp Mansion. Uh, for anybody who loves history 
and road tours. Have I not heard this? No, I don't think you have. <gasps> the Lent Mansion is it's known as one of the 10 most haunted places in the country. It's in St. Louis, Missouri. That's where I'm from. So it's an easy little trip to get down there. <laughs> so Lent Mansion, it's a brewery now. Brewery. I can't even speak correctly. Brewery. Brewery now. It's a weird word. Yeah, it is. It, uh, it's a brewery now, and they make uh, alcoholic beverages of all different tastes and flavors. Uh, but before it used to be taste and <laughs> before it used to be just a person's home. It's a massive house, beautiful. And I mean, if you think of when it was built back in like the 1800s, I mean, goodness gracious, you're talking like millions of dollars now. It would be worth to build something like that. Anyway, Mr. Lemp, whatever his name was, the Lemp family moved in there, and one by one things started just going wrong for them and this isn't the part where like the supernatural happens the part where the supernatural happens comes later but whether it was a cheating wife a child who drowned in the river right next to the house the family just started to kind of fall apart and a lot of death uh, several um, divorces left uh, Mr. Lemp the original owner I can't remember his first name I don't know if it's Charles or something like that but anyway Sir, Sir Lemp who was there he left him alone and they had maids checking on him and all kinds of stuff because obviously very wealthy man and he um decided that he was gonna take his own life i don't know if you heard that but the whole room just like shifted that, that was weird he's so uncomfortable like though you know when a house settles that like, was the, weird yeah that was weird oh my god i'm looking around to see if it's like windy outside and it's not whoo Maybe anyway, I should stop telling the story. No, keep going. By all <laughs> means, we're to get the lights flickering. Woo! In here. Uh, I wonder if the microphone heard that. That'd be interesting. Ah, we'll have and, to go back. Yeah, but uh, anyway, so Mr. Lemp decided that it wasn't worth it anymore, and he killed himself in his bed. And uh, he was there for several days because he had told the maids or something like that that he they wouldn't need him. Anyway, killed himself was there and there was it was the place had been the subject of lots of heartache and different things like that this is as much as the stories i can remember as well like, i don't know if it's perfectly factual but i know that what i've said so far is pretty much what it is anyway the place uh was sold off it was a museum for a while after like years and years later it was a museum for a while and then it was restaurant and like i think up until recently like i think 2010 it was a restaurant and it was one of those restaurants where you could like it was like an interactive restaurant and it was like you would go in there and they would have a group of like 30 people and you had to reserve like a week in advance and you'd come in and you'd all be given a roll and a card and it was a murder mystery and they would have waiters bringing you like in food but they had a narrator who would narrate things for you and it's really cool because every day it was a different murderer and all the people who didn't know each other had to interact and I went there once when I was really young, and it was really cool. They gave me a little baby to play, obviously, because I was young. But it was a really cool thing. Anyway, uh, I, several of my friends and I were rambunctious youth, and who, we knew... Who wasn't at that age? Yeah, it's true. At the age of 15, 16, 17 oh years old. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's the time. Uh, we decided that, hey, we don't like the fact that the Lemp Mansion is blocked off except for the restaurant, because it's in the building... But they have like walls and doors that are locked and can't be open, period. I wonder why that is. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, that, you know, separate the restaurant from the rest of the house because it's built in the house, though. Anyway, so being the rambunctious kids we are, we snuck around. And the place is obviously very, very modernized now in terms of like having the restaurant there. And we decided we're going to sneak along the riverbed, uh, the Mississippi River, 
and uh, snuck into a place where we could get through the back of it into like the back area because there's no way to get into the back from the front because there was fences and all kinds of people who could see us. Anyway, we go in and we try to like try all these doors, try all these windows. Obviously they've been plastered and cemented shut and uh, we're trying to figure out a way in. And one of my friends who was very stupid said that, oh look, a rock. And he broke a window. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And uh, I said rambunctious. I didn't know you meant felons. I didn't vandalize the place. <laughs> I said that it would be okay that we were there and we could look inside. And he said, Ooh, "Oh, look, a rock." rock. <laughs> and the thing was, is that he did it when none of us were around. There's five of us there, or something like that. Anyway, and he did it when the other ones were like walking around the house. Anyway, I'm did getting. When you came back, was he just like a bird flew in? No, he told us. He was like, "I just found a rock, and it just." happened oh and we were like right okay <laughs> and uh obviously years later he's like yeah i did that anyway <laughs> um we we crawled in i had a few cuts and didn't get any tet tet tetanus or anything like that can you get tetanus from glass i don't know what do you get that from the rust on nails or something like, like metal yeah. i don't know hopefully not maybe lead poisoning but uh crawled in definitely did cut my shirt a little bit on the glass but uh, we came in and i'm talking like it the horror movies don't do it justice like in terms of like a scary house like we crawled in and it wasn't quiet you could hear people very faintly because the restaurant is built into the house but this section that's walled off has never been touched before and you know we go in and we only stayed for like five minutes because we're a bunch of little pansies but um we heard stuff and we heard creaking, and we were like, oh, it's just the house settling. We heard, like, movement, shuffling of feet. And uh, the point when we knew something was wrong was when we heard a cough, like an old person cough. And that put us off. Oh, man. Because it was upstairs. And it was in one of those rooms where, like, we were standing in this living room. There was a big fireplace. And the stairs ran up the part of the wall and then they turned like they were connected to the wall and they turned with the wall so it went up like eight feet yeah and then it turned you had a little landing that turned yeah. and went up harder farther and you had a little walkway up there and you could see the ends of two different hallways and the coughing was coming from the end of one hallway and the door was wide open and one of my friends was saying oh we gotta go look and i'm saying no 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 we can't do that Please tell me he looked anyway. Oh, no, he didn't. <laughs> we convinced him not to. And I'm, I'm, you know, it's kind of a disappointment because, you know, what could have been kind of thing. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, you know. Because, you know, as all, as much as you know, you, it could have just been like an on, an on-site, you know, caretaker, right? Yeah, but there was cobwebs everywhere. The place hadn't been like walked into. That is, like, that is true. That's like the I only said, thing that's yeah. making me think it wasn't a Because like part of it is a museum, part of it is a restaurant, part of it's a brewery. It's a big place. Like it's got different levels yeah. and stuff like that. Anyway, so it was just crazy. And Funny like, how they didn't hear you break in too. Like glass breaking is loud. Yeah, well I'm still convinced that the window was already broken and he was just taking the credit for it. Because like we didn't hear anything and it mm. wasn't like we were being loud. So... I like to think it was like him that did it just because that would be kind of cool. But at the same time, it's like, you know, whether it was or wasn't, the place was near downtown St. Louis. There's all kinds of vandalisms that happen yeah. down there. It's a great place to live, but just you got to be at the right place at the right time. Maybe you weren't the first ones with the idea to sneak in. Oh, I guarantee you weren't. I'm, we were probably the 
the last people to think of it. Wouldn't it be funny if it was just like a homeless dude? That's honestly what somebody said a few weeks later. We were talking about it at school and he was like, it's probably just a homeless dude. And I was just like, I really hope so because I'm not trying to piss off a ghost or a dead guy who's right? up you, there. You hope it's not a ghost. Yeah, because then if it really if he really did break the window, I'm about to be like, bro, he's about to come after you for breaking and entering on his house. He's going to come after you. Yeah. But yeah, that's... I mean, it's not too intense. There's a lot more intense stories that I have. Oh, yeah, um, totally. But I've heard them. That's, yeah, that's a good one to start off yeah. with, I think. So Noah and I were roommates. That's why I asked, have I not heard this one? Is because Noah and I were roommates this last fall uh-huh. in 2018 at college. And we would be in our respective twin-sized beds at night. And it would be pitch black in the room. And we would just tell each other our real-life scary stories. And uh-huh. Noah has told some... He'll, I'm sure he will tell you in the future mm. that, you know, he's so into the story and then like he'll stretch out his foot. I remember one time he stretched out his foot and he knocked over a cup that was at the end oh of his bed my and it landed on his desk because the desk was attached to the bed Yeah, and it, it was just an pl- empty plastic cup, but it, you know, it just no. fell off and we both screamed. We screamed. Oh yeah. It was terrifying. I was like, yeah, I'm like stretching my foot and my foot is like the blanket is over my foot. It's like 1030 at night. You know, we're exhausted. As feel the cup. Yeah, I didn't feel the cup. I'm stretching my foot. It's just on that little like area between Footboard. the bed and the desk. Yeah. yeah. And it was just there and it just fell over. But for, for a plastic cup, it wasn't like a bottle. It was like a, like a hefty thing. It made a big thud. And it... Oh, that'll be loud in the mic. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, the jump. sound is spiked right where I'm looking at the screen. Yeah, make you guys jump listening to it. But your phone yeah, users, that beware terrified us i don't know if i've ever screamed that loud recently in the last few years really yeah that was the, probably the loudest i've screamed about something scary thankfully <laughs> and it wasn't even anything scary it was oh, it was you we were talking about very very <laughs> yeah he was sharing one of his things. he was sharing one of his uh indian reservation stories and i used to live on an indian reservation too i lived in washington state we lived in tulalip if any of you are familiar with the area uh, but I never like went and explored the res. I went with my dad a couple times to go, you know, check on some of his friends that he worked with and when he was working cases. Um, but I mean, I never witnessed anything weird. But Noah has, and he's told me I don't like it. And yeah, no, it's hard to get him to talk about it. <laughs> so when we went to Montana together, good times. Yeah, we went to Montana. Just what was it like a couple months ago? Basically a month ago. Yeah. Pretty much like a month ago. A month we ago, drove up yeah. to Montana from Idaho, mm-hmm. and we spent like the weekend there. Oh, right, because it was like, what was it, Labor Day weekend? Yeah, so we had an extra day. We yeah, so we had an extra day. Went down there, went and visited a bunch of stuff, and we spent some time on the res. But I remember we did not stay long. No. You wanted to get out of there. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I remember <laughs> one point, at one point you're like, if we hear drums, we have to leave immediately. And yeah. I was like, wait, why? He's like, I don't want to talk about it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I think like, it's, I don't know. It's different when people, like, brag about the scary stories. Because, like, it's almost like, I don't know. I have a respect for, like, the supernatural. Just because it's like, you know, I always had a feeling you were real as a kid. Never really put any thought to it. But now, as, like, I've, like, entered my adult years, it's like, well, you know, okay. I know you're real, and I'm going to let you do your thing. Yeah. And so... I don't know, when people brag about it and they're like, oh yeah, I, I saw this kind of thing and this kind of, you know. To me, that's kind of one of the signs of like, one, you didn't really see anything. I'm not calling him a liar. I'm calling him not a truther. Um, if that was a Drake and Josh reference. Um, but I don't know. Like I'm, 
I'm, I'm definitely going to share a few on this podcast, but there will be definitely some that you'll have to get me in a private person to talk about, just because I've been counseled by various religious leaders to not talk about them with other people, because it could, you know... Freak them out? <laughs> yeah. Because remember yeah. you were talking to me, and you're like, yeah. I could probably tell you more of the stories that I haven't told you, because... Part of, you said part of the reason those religious leaders told you not to tell people is because it would shake their foundation. Of, like, their faith and whatever God faith, believed in. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, their sanity. But... Well, yeah. It's, it was it was very, very uncomfortable. Yeah. And, like, I might laugh about it now. That's because I'm not there. But it's still, like... It still does bug me. My wife mm-hmm. will tell you. Like, there are definitely some times at night when she will like i'll tell her i need her to help me like get a glass of water and she like asks me why and our apartment is tiny but it's like i don't know it just puts me off really bad and like even thinking about it now my body's very uncomfortable yeah (laughs) just because it's like nope it's not funny it's not something to brag about it's just like dang and you're talking you you brought up a really good point you have a respect for it oh yeah and so you know you said the thing where what was it I always kind of believed in you when I was a kid, but now I know you're there. Mm-hmm. So, and that's why you and I will never play with a Ouija board. Oh, heck no. Right? I got a story about those. <laughs> oh, yeah. I yeah. know. I've, I've heard that one too. Um, <laughs> Wasn't mine. Because I think, I pers- this, is, this is the paranormal according to Jack. I think playing with a Ouija board is one of the dumbest things you can do. You need a brain. Right? Because, well, I mean, if you don't believe in it, I can't really give you a reason to not play with it yeah. because you won't believe what I say. Mm-hmm. But if you do believe in, you know, the spiritual realm and, you know, monsters and whatnot, I think the Ouija board is pretty much the best and fastest way to invite things that should not be there to be there. It's like an open door policy to, like, your home. Yeah. And even even if... The Ouija board is nothing but crap. I think words are very powerful. Absolutely. And just your words of invitation are enough to open some sort of doorway. Because, you know, there's that old thing about vampires. They can't come in your home unless you let them. Yeah. Right? And, you know, there's stories about people who have been possessed. And it's like, you can't be possessed because... Or you can't be possessed unless you give some sort of... Of, of consent. Of consent. Thank That's you. like the law of like spirits. Like no matter what culture or religion there is, you have to somehow yeah. say it's okay. Yeah. I mean, things can attack you. Yes. Things can attack you. I mean, you can go to a haunted place and something can throw something at you. You're not, you are not immune to attacks of the spirit. But as long as you're not being dumb. And asking for it. And ask, pretty much asking for it. Yeah. I am fairly certain that... You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Yes. Nothing can <laughs> inhabit your body and control you. Yeah. Unless you let it. <laughs> Unless you let it, right. And so, for me, my policy with the supernatural and what I'm willing to witness is that I will go anywhere and observe. I will not taunt anything. You know, there's all those ghost shows where they... Oh, yeah. Where they scream at the ghost and taunt them. You know... Hurt me! Hurt my friends! No, that's such a bad idea. Such a bad idea. Yeah. Um, I think further with that, like, just a side note, like, the ghost isn't going to do that on live television. Like, not saying they're fake, but they're fake. Um, 
why would it do that on live television? If it wants to remain anonymous and not draw attention to itself, because the thing about Supernatural is they do it when not many people are around. Yeah. But yeah. then you get like the you know inhuman spirits, which I'm sure we'll talk. Oh yeah, a little bit about yeah. Uh, they don't care if nope. they're seen because nope. they just want to cause as much chaos and misery as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I will go somewhere and I will observe, but I will not provoke and I will not invite or encourage or encourage <laughs> yeah. anything else to to go there mm-hmm. because, like I said, I'm really interested in hauntings. I am okay going somewhere and just listening and watching. My parents stayed in a haunted, like, cathedral once. Like, it was like a, how do monks stay? Monastery. Like, it was like a haunted monastery where they could stay on their way, like, to Mexico. They let them stay there. And they told them, they're like, we have spirits of monks walking these halls. And you'll hear voices and you'll probably hear the piano playing, which they did. All those things apparently happened. Which is cool. I mean, spirits of monks, I can't think of anything that would be more chill. <laughs> yeah, honestly. And But I, I'd like to believe that that actually happened. That'd be really yeah. cool. But if it's not, it's actually just the monks going about their business and kind of just pulling my parents' leg. That's fine, too. It's still entertainment value. It's Yeah, it's entertainment value. And yeah. I, you know, as much respect and curiosity as I have about this paranormal... A part of it, I have to admit, is entertainment for me. Oh yeah, because it's it's new and it's it's not new, but it's new to me and it's exciting, and it's different. It's something I haven't been told about. It's something that I've had to study myself. And so when I come across something that warrants itself as paranormal or supernatural, that's exciting for me. Oh, it's terrifying. I have some other terrifying stories where it's like I would not want to go through that again. But Absolutely. I look back yeah, on that yeah. and I'm like, that is a cool freaking story. That is that was a solid experience, yeah. but I, I wouldn't want to do it again, mm-hmm. right? Because it's not fun. No, in it's not fun when it's happening to you. It's fun to study and it's fun to look back on. Yeah, it's kind of like skydiving. It's like it's yeah. fun in like to, after you've like landed and you're safe on the ground. You're like, wow, that was awesome. But when you're about to jump out, it's like, let me think about this again. Yeah, right. You know? But I don't know. I I think it's just like one little thing I want to add as well. Um, it's just like the fact that I just thought of this just now. It's like, we're not just here to talk about the doom and gloom and dark side of no, things. not at all. Because there are like, I'm sure like with the monk story, like if it was real and I believe that it was. Yeah. Or, those you know, are people's, good dudes. People's dead relatives coming and visiting them and encouraging them to change yeah. their lives. Or like protective spirits and stuff like that. We're going to talk about those things. So if you've got stories about good things, bad things, questions you have that we can answer, tell us. Because... There is a beautiful side to the, I guess you could say the light or the good side of spirits, the righteousness, the, the purity that comes from like the, the, the relatives, the loved ones, the ones that care about Your us. Your guardian angels. Exactly. People like that. There's like beauty and such inspiring stories, like you said, of people who have their grandparents who passed away years ago come visit them and say, hey, like, please turn yourself around. Like, or, this like, is not the way to go. Or I'm at peace. And yeah. finally give that person closure. Yeah. And it's not, most stories I've heard, it's not like there's a long period between their death and them, the yeah, dead relatives yeah. coming and visiting them. Usually it's like the day, the day they die or yeah. like the day after when they're just at their worst. Yeah. That relative will come to them and just say, 
I'm fine. Probably when the veil is thin too, like before, I mean, you've just passed away, you're still in that transition period in terms of like spirit leaving the body, yeah. going to the other side, whatever, probably can visit pretty easily. But don't, don't just count. The scary stuff is also really fun to talk about. Oh yeah. So yeah, that's also very fun. <laughs> awesome. Any other thoughts to add, Noah? Nope. No. This was a blast. This was a blast. You guys enjoyed listening to us ramble on for an hour or so. And I know I enjoyed sitting here oh, yeah. and doing this with you. This was a lot of fun. So yeah, we'll do this again sometime. Awesome. Tell us your scary stories, kids. Yes. For submissions and requests, please email studiesinshadow at gmail.com. That's studies in, I-N, not and. People think that it's called studies and shadow. Studies in shadow. All lowercase at gmail.com. And you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud all with Studies in Shadow. Thank you very much, and have a wonderful day.